Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Well, we're in the middle of our series at the movies, and uh, we're, we're trying to take a look at how we can find faith on film. That uh, we often think that, you know, there's very little to be found in movies, and um, Honestly, that's probably true. <laughs> there are some movies that have really no value or um, negative value. But I do believe that we can find faith in film. If we're willing to look for God's truth, we can find it almost anywhere if we've got our eyes open to it. So just to recap, if you haven't been able to be here for, uh, for the first two weeks, the first week we looked at uh, Godzilla. I know it's an interesting movie, but when you really take a look at Godzilla, uh, what the people in the movie realize is we need to stop trying to figure things out. We need to let God be in control, just like Godzilla has to take control and win the battle. Sometimes we need to do the same thing in our lives and let God take over and us take a step back. Last week, we looked at uh, the movie franchise Toy Story. If you haven't seen Toy Story 4, do yourself a favor, go watch it. It really is a good movie. Uh, again, I know it's a movie about toys and what in the world. I mean, it's a good movie for kids, but there are some, some wonderful truths in there. And we looked at last week between the two main characters of Woody and Buzz. And, and both of them face issues and challenges, but, but really understanding who they are, what their value is. And we looked last week at, uh, at Woody and understanding that his friends loved and cared for him and were willing to lay their lives down for him, but then ultimately understanding his value, that his, his kid, Andy, loved him so much and he forgot that. And, and often we can forget that God loves about us, that we have value in God and we need to understand that. So again, we can look at movies as something as Godzilla to Toy Story and find biblical truths. Now, if you've been around FLC for any length of time, you probably know something about me, is that I love sports. I love sports of all kinds. I, I love all the major sports. I, I love football, uh, hockey even. I never thought living in Florida I would like hockey, but I even actually know what's going on when I watch a hockey game now. Baseball, basketball, you name it. NASCAR, love NASCAR too, watching the cars go round and round in circles. Yes, it, yes, it, I do believe NASCAR is a sport, and uh, we can have a conversation afterwards if you don't think so. But uh, <laughs> it's, you know, that little meme that's, uh, you know, convince me otherwise, you know, just sitting at the table, convince me otherwise if it's not a sport. But um, it, it really is. I, I love sports of all kinds, all varieties. Um, I, I have even been known to watch Late at night at around 11 o'clock or so on just some obscure channel, the World Champion Curling Championships. <laughs> Honest truth, a couple weeks ago, they were on. It was like 11 o'clock, and it was like on NBC Sports 3, whatever that channel is, and they had the curling championship. I'm like, okay, I'll watch this. I don't know anything about it. All I know is there's guys, and, and they take these rocks and like push them down the ice. It's like shuffleboard on ice, kind of, maybe. Like, I don't really know a whole lot about it, so let me watch it. So what made it interesting is that the teams competing were foreigners. They did not speak English. So I'm trying to figure out how the rules are and, and what they have to do. The announcers spoke English, but they, didn't, they, were no, they were no help. They were just talking about what they were doing. But I was trying to figure out what exactly, how, how do you win in curling? Like, what exactly do you have to do? And so they're, you know, barking back and forth, and the guy, you know, slides the, the rock or the stone down the ice, and then the other guys are, are down there with, like, these little brooms and, like, sweeping the ice. And, and it just fascinates me because I, I'm thinking people spend 
an obscene amount of time getting good at this game. Why? <laughs> I, I, like, I just don't, I, I really, I'm like, why? I mean, I, I appreciate their effort, but really, you couldn't find anything else to do? That's beside the point. Well, who are you? You're watching them do it at 11 o'clock at night. So, yes, maybe I'm just as bad. But it fascinates me. The idea of the team component truly does fascinate me. From teams of two, you can, you know, beach volleyball, a team of two versus a football team of 62. That The idea behind it is you have to, to, to in order to achieve your goal, and which is to win, to, to win a championship, whatever it may be, that's ultimately the goal, right, is you want to win. Nobody goes into a game saying, yay, we're going to lose. You want, the idea is to win. And the idea behind it that fascinates me is that you have to, whether it's two or 62, you have to work together. You've got to be on the same page. That's something that I've seen with my kids as they've been involved in sports and something we're trying to teach them and instill in them is that you have to work together. You have to work as a unit. If one person is not doing their job, then it's all going to fall apart. If there is one person that is not focused on the team, then it's all going to fall apart. So there has to be unity within the team. And that's why I love the church. There's a lot of reasons why I love the church. I can't go into all of them right now. I don't have the time. But I love the church because of the very same reason, is the idea that we're unified behind a common goal, a common cause. That's the reason why we do church, is to accomplish what God has called us to, for his purposes to be fulfilled, that our goals are in line with his goals, and that we're all working towards the same thing, that all of us coming from different backgrounds and and different upbringings and even denominational backgrounds and all of these things, but yet we can still all come together and work to the same goal. And what happens when the church, a body of believers, is aligned behind that goal and that common purpose, the results are amazing. It's beyond any championship. It's beyond any ring that you can wear. It's any trophy that you can hold, which is amazing in a sports environment, but when the church is united behind a common goal and theme, that there is, when it's alive, the goals are so much greater than any championship that anyone could ever win. When the church is alive and the people are unified together, lives are being changed, hearts are being transformed, healings are taking place, the body of Christ is alive. That is why I love the church, to see a church that is unified, but you've probably seen a church that isn't unified. You've probably been a part of a team or a sport or even an organization that isn't unified. It struggles. People are kind of going all different directions. It, again, using a sports analogy, that I have seen teams, you know, from my you know, armchair quarterback perspective, <laughs> I've seen teams, professional sports teams, that, that have the most talented players that are getting paid obscene amounts of money. But yet, on paper, they're champions. The term paper champions. On paper, they should win. But yet, they don't win. Why? Because you have individuals on the team that have not bought in to the concept of team. They're focused on me. They're focused on I. How can I protect myself? Or, or, or I need to, to focus on my business, which is the business of me, not what is best for the team. And you go, how is that possible? You are the most talented Why are you not defeating everybody? Because not everybody is bought into the team. That can happen in a company. 
It can happen in an organization. It can happen in church. If you're not bought into the idea of team, if you're not bought into the unity and the mission and vision, then things can go awry. I've seen and and love being a part of a church that's unified. And, And this message is not saying that we're not unified. It's the idea of understanding the power that comes with unity. But what happens when we're not unified? Because when we're not unified, it can keep in the church setting ultimately the goal that God has for us. So today I want to look at the book of Ephesians as our scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians in the New Testament. Now, Ephesians uh, was written by Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church at Ephesus. Now, Paul is encouraging the church. Now, again, we have, you know, chapters and verses in our Bibles. That's not how Paul wrote this letter. (laughs) Chapter 1, dear church, verse 1. He didn't do that. That was added, added much later. But he spent the first, what we know, the first three chapters of Ephesians talking about who God is about his, his grace, his mercy, all the wonderful things that God has done for you and I. And he's encouraging the church, reminding them what God has done for them. It's easy, listen, it is easy to forget God's goodness. It is easy to take it for granted. It's easy to say, oh yeah, God, you, you've got that covered. But yet when we stand back and realize, wow, God, you've done all of this for me. And so Paul is taking this opportunity to remind the church what God has done for them. And ultimately, when we read it, what God's done for us. That God has given his love to us, as we sang about this morning, that he has given us grace freely. But now he makes the transition from chapter 3 into chapter 4, what our responsibility as believers, what it is a call to live, to live rightly, under this understanding of what God has done for us. And he makes this transition. In light of what God has done, this is how we should live. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. I can stop right there and preach five messages, but I'll continue. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to the one glorious hope for the future. I want to key in on verse three this morning. As I read through this passage, verse 3 just jumped out at me. And there's a key phrase that, that Paul, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes this letter. He says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. What does it mean to be united in the Spirit? To be united in, in, in the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll add the Holy Spirit to that because sometimes the, as we talk about the Holy Spirit and, and, and it seems far away. And I kind of talked about that a little bit last week. But being united in the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? There are a lot of things that people can be united about. But they may be, re, may, they may be united for all the wrong reasons. You see, unity in and of itself is neutral. Unity by itself is neither good or bad. To be united under something, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. But what are united? What is bringing you? What is causing you to be united? 
You see, unity takes on goodness or badness by something completely different. There are countless examples through the Bible and through human history where people have been united, but they have been united for all the wrong reasons. Think of the Holocaust, for example. (laughs) They were united, right? (laughs) United by evil and hatred towards a group of people. So just because you're united doesn't automatically mean that something good is going on, that we can be united for all of the wrong reasons. But what about Christian unity? What about this unity in the spirit? What does that mean? Well, in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. How many of you Guardians of the Galaxy fans? All right, there we go. You see what happens when people are united for a common cause for good. But you can also see what happens when you're united for a common cause for evil. But in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy, they didn't all start, the the main characters did not start united for a good cause. Ultimately, they were all focused on their own thing. But then they came together to realize, we have got to unite together for the goodness of the galaxy. (laughs) Because the galaxy is going to be destroyed. So we need to put aside our selfish desires for the good of the galaxy. They were united in a good fight against evil purposes. That's good unity versus bad unity. But again, just because you're unified doesn't mean that you're always on the right track. A church that is unified to gossip is not on the right track. But we're unified, but you're unified in the wrong thing. Well, we're all doing it, but that still doesn't make it okay. Being unified understands why and the purposes of the unification. Are we doing it in the way God has called us to do? So what does being united in the spirit, what does Christian unity look like? Where does it come from? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is where the Christian body, brothers and sisters in Christ, come together. That's where our unity comes from. Again, going back to what Paul says, that we are united to the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is where we should, that the basis of our unity comes from. But here's the key. God doesn't say, or Paul doesn't say through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he doesn't say anywhere else, that you have to create unity. That you don't have to make it happen. What, what he's saying here is that unity is already there because the Holy Spirit is there. There is no command to be unified. We are already unified because of the Holy Spirit. It has been created. Our job is to see it and to hold on to it. Our job is to understand as believers, the unity is here through the Holy Spirit, and we have to be on guard. We have to protect it. We've got to hold on to it. Because it's very easy for unity to come apart when we take our eyes off the goal. There are parts of the movie in in Guardians of the Galaxy where they were unified. They were fighting the good fight. But because of the fracture inside and outside forces, we see that unity fall apart. They they, they started, they realized this is the mission, that that we've got to protect the orb. (laughs) Because if not, then it gets in the wrong hands and and planets are going to be destroyed. But yet when they start getting their eyes off the main goal, we see the fracture happen. We see the fighting happening. We see them going, reverting back to their old ways and their old selfish ways, only protecting myself and my desires, forgetting the greater purpose. You see, it's important as followers of Christ 
that we stay unified and, and keep our eyes on what God has called us to through the Holy Spirit and to keep that unity that God has given to us. You see, unity can happen quickly. Again, it's nothing that has to be conjured or developed over time, but unity happens when we come together as followers of Christ because the Holy Spirit is there. The early church was made up of a diverse group of people, but yet you see unity. Now, was the early church, were they perfect? No, that's one of the reasons why Paul is writing letters to the churches, because they've got issues. But just because you have issues doesn't mean that God's still not having his purpose fulfilled. We just have to be reminded from time to time we're getting off track. To be reminded of a purpose, to be reminded of what God has called us to do. But again, looking at the church, you've got a diverse group of people. You've got Gentiles who are coming to faith because they've heard the word of God. They've, they've, they've seen the wonders of Jesus. They've seen healings and they know that there's something greater to this. And then on the other side, you've got Jews who have lived under the law and now they understand the Messiah has come and now they're coming together. And, and now you've got these two groups of people coming together with their, with their deep and, and various backgrounds, but yet they're unified in the common cause and the common purpose. Despite their differences, they're able to come together because the Holy Spirit is there. They were not perfect. They had their fair share of problems. But they stayed unified. Knowing that the unity came from the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul was encouraging them. But that's not enough. Just knowing about it is not enough. We have to pursue the unity in our actions. Staying unified in the body of Christ means showing it in, in, in a variety of ways, more specifically in our actions. It means being willing to do good and show love to members of the family of God, whether you like it or not. It means reaching across somebody that you may not agree with and showing them love to stay unified. You know, as I look on our country as our society today, I know many of you are, are much older than I am, and I, I don't mean that as a slight. I mean, you just, you are older than I am. I'm, I'm, I've got a birthday coming up. I'm almost 38. I know I'm not that old. I feel older than that, and you're somebody like, you little whippersnapper, you know. So I don't like talking about age. <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable, quite honestly. Who am I to be standing up here? But I understand that those of you that are older than I am, you have, you have seen this country go through a great deal. From my perspective, I feel like this country has never been more divided than it is today. Again, I haven't gone through some of the things in our past that maybe you have walked through. But from my perspective, it doesn't feel like we have ever... It feels as if this, that, that you, cannot, you cannot disagree with somebody on an issue and then still agree with them on other things. The, the way that it, that it feels like today is that if you disagree with somebody on one thing, you have to disagree on everything. How does that make sense? I don't understand that, that just because we may disagree on one issue, it means I cannot agree with you and I cannot work with you on anything else. And this isn't just a political thing. This is just in general. That it feels like that if you, if you don't agree with me 100%, then, then we can't even talk to each other. Disagreements are natural. You, in the church, we're going to have disagreements. Why do you think there are so many denominations? We can't agree on basic scripture. But we still understand the common cause, that we're still trying to reach the world for Christ, most churches. 
But just because you disagree with somebody on one issue doesn't mean that doesn't mean you can't still stay unified and you can't work to a common goal. But that's the world we live in, the political environment we live in. If you disagree on one thing, we disagree on everything. There's no middle ground. There's no... Have we lost our minds? Yes, we have. Because of social media and nonstop news, that's all we get told. There's, no, there's never any way for, if you disagree on this one central issue, then we have to disagree on everything else. That's just simply not the case. I believe that we can still disagree, but we can still love one another, and we can still stay unified to do what God has called us to do. Again, going back to the movie, we see that they all started out, the main characters, they all started out in disagreement. Who was going to capture Peter and who was going to take the orb and, and, and the bounty that came with all of that? But they came together because of a common goal. While they started off with very different differences and what their goal was, they realized none of this matters. That if we do not come together and do something, it's all, the galaxy is going to fall apart. So we've got to come together, even though we may not agree on everything. And that's just an example from a movie. But what about the church? What is our higher goal as believers? What is our mission? Our mission is to help people believe in Jesus, come to a relationship with Christ, and to love one another. That's who we are as FLC, to allow people to come to know who Jesus is and to love one another. The only way we can do that is if we stay unified under that banner. That, that, that has to be our focus. No matter what other differences may arise, that is our goal. That is our common thing. That is the banner that we go under. That that keeps us unified, knowing that there's a Savior who died for all of humanity, not just for a group of people, not just for people who agree with me, but for all of mankind. And that we love everybody the way that Jesus loved. Jesus did not have any qualifications for people he loved. He loved everyone. There is nothing that should keep us from showing love to another person. No matter what they believe, no matter what their life is, we still must love them. But that can be difficult. And it's hard to keep unity because of our different backgrounds, because of personality differences and a litany of other things. But ultimately, we are called to love one another. Not even outside of our community, but inside this body of believers and every body of believers, we are called to love one another. Romans 12.10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Love one another with brotherly affection. Well, I don't really like my brother, so how do I? Have you seen my brother? Like your like brother, brother, like family, like... I know there are some families I have. <laughs> Counseling is available Monday through Thursday. <laughs> but in all reality, in all sincerity, that, that the idea behind this is that, that we have to love each other in spite of our differences. To keep the common cause in focus, to keep what God is calling us to do, is to show each other with love despite our differences. One of the main characters... One of my favorite characters in the Guardians of the Galaxy is Groot. I love Groot. He's just, I mean, Groot comes from the planet X. Like, we don't really know a whole lot about him. Other than he's like this big tri giant tree kind of guy. And throughout, throughout the movie, he just says, you know, I am Groot. That's it. And then the characters kind of translate for us in the audience what he says. But that's all he's able to say throughout the whole movie 
But towards the end of the movie, he, they're, they're all together on a crashing ship, and, and Groot does something to save them all. And so I want to play a clip from the movie today. the movie, all he says is, I am Groot. But because he bought into something greater than himself, he's able to say, we are Groot. He understood something greater in that moment that, that I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to go through pain for my friends. That I'm going to, to, to show love because of the greater good. He understood the unity that they had developed. Now, this wasn't the sacrificial love that, that Jesus gave for us because we see later in the movie that, that they took a little twig and they're able to replant Groot and he comes into baby Groot. And everybody's like, yes, baby Groot's alive. But he still knew the pain that he was going to go through. He still understood suffering that he was going to have to go through for the group. Because it's no longer I, it's we. This is just a movie. This is just a simple example from a, a movie coming out of Hollywood. But what if we as the church understood we are the church? Not I am the church, but we are the church. That we are unified doing what God has called us to do. That we are even willing to, to go through some pain and some hurt because of what God has called us to do. 
to reach out to somebody that we may disagree about on certain things, but work together to accomplish something greater. That it, while it may hurt us and we may go through pain, and, and, and trust me, as your pastor, I understand that, that many of you have been involved in situations within the body of Christ and you have been hurt. But just because we go through pain doesn't mean that we forget the greater purpose. That God will heal our hearts. That God will mend wounds. But we can never forget the purpose. That we are the church. Spurgeon says this. We want unity in truth of God through the spirit of God. This let us seek after. Let us live near to Christ. For this is the best way of promoting unity. Divisions in churches never begin with those full of the love of the Savior. Churches who are full of the love of God, churches who are full of the love of Jesus are never divided, but they are strong and they are united under one common purpose and one common theme. We are the church to be unified, to stay together. Understanding unity comes from the Holy Spirit that we keep our eyes, we hold on to it and we never let it go away. When we focus on ourselves, that's where unity begins to dissolve. But we have to keep this unity by showing it in our actions and the words that we speak. We need to seek to be led by the Holy Spirit that produces the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of those things that God has given us to be able to produce through the Holy Spirit. Showing love to our brothers and sisters in Christ. This doesn't mean that we overlook sinful behavior. That's not what I'm saying at all. So I'm just supposed to overlook somebody that is sinning? No. The Bible is very clear that if there is sin in the church, then we need to deal with that. That you talk to your brother and sister in Christ in love. And if there's still an issue, then you bring it before the church. That's why there's a board. That's why there's leaders in the church. I'm not talking about those issues. But you can disagree with people. You may not be on the same page, but you can still stay united under the common purpose because I believe in the power of a united church. I, I, I know what a church united can do. And, I'm, and I'm, again, I'm not standing up here today saying we're not a united church. What I'm encouraging us to do is to keep that unity and make it even stronger to accomplish the purposes God has for us because I truly believe this church, this fellowship of, of believers, we can change our community for God that we can see lives transformed that we can see hearts softened towards the gospel that we can see people healed and restored under the gospel that's what I believe God wants for us and for this church to keep that unity to, to, to hold on to it and never let it go my hope and my desire is that we, we stay focused on God's common cause, that we stay focused on the mission God has for us. It never comes because what I want, but God, what do you want for us? That we are the church. This isn't my church. This isn't your church. This is God's church. God, what do you have for us in this time? We need to pray for our brothers and sisters we need to speak about them in, with love and compassion and kindness. There is nothing 
outside of prayer, there is nothing more powerful or more destructive than our words. We need to be careful in minding our words to lift each other up in unity and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. So all across the room, if you would bow your heads and close your eyes, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you at this moment? I ask this question often. Because I don't know what he's speaking to you individually. What kind of church do you want to be a part of? Do you want to be a part of a church that's continuing to advance the gospel? Do you want to be a part of a church, of a body of believers that, that love and care for each other? That are there in our, in our darkest moments that are there to lift each other up, by, to hold their arms, to, to pick them up when they've fallen down, to encourage, to speak kindness, to pray for one another? Or do you want to be a church that's rudderless and drifting? Do you want to be a part of a church that's alive and making a difference? That people know us for who we are. They know us for our love and our, for our compassion not just for our community, but towards each other. That when you invite people to this fellowship of believers, that you know what they're going to get when they walk in the doors, that they're going to be greeted, that they're going to be loved, that they're going to be cared for, not shunned, not turned away, but treated as Jesus would treat every single one of us. It's our job to work together. Maybe today that's just your prayer. God, help me continue on. Help me focus. Help me keep the unity that's in this body of believers. That maybe you'll be encouraged today to pray for your church. Pray for your brothers and sisters. That you'll reach out to those that maybe seem like they're drifting. Give them a hug. Give them a call. Whatever it may take. Say, God, I'm united behind this. I want to see your plan and your purposes fulfilled in the church that I call home. As your pastor, that's my prayer today. May we keep this unity going forward. May we pray for it. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this church and body of believers. I'm in awe, God, of the opportunity that you've allowed me to serve this church. God, I pray for the unity of this body that we continue to move forward. I thank you for the blessings that you've poured down from heaven. I thank you, God, for the miracles that have taken place. I thank you for the healings that we have witnessed with our own eyes. I thank you for the hearts that have been transformed. I thank you for your Holy Spirit dwelling inside of every single person. I thank you for the love that has shown to every person who walks through the doors. May it continue on in greater measure. May we as a body of Christ come together more unified than ever. Locking arms together. Standing strong against every attack of the enemy. When those fiery arrows come shooting our way, we stand tall and we stand strong, united in the word of God. May that be our guiding purpose and hope to lift up each other, to show your love to every single person that we exemplify 
Christ in every area of our lives, that we are mindful of the words that we speak, that we pray for one another. God, I know great things are on the horizon. May we walk into them unified under the Holy Spirit, under the common cause, so that all may know who Jesus is. And we may show your love as Jesus loved. Holy Spirit, may our eyes be fixed on you. Keep us united in this cause and this purpose. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus that everyone says, amen and amen. I said this before and I'm going to say it again. I know I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are great days in our future. As long as we stay united, as we stay focused on the common cause, there's nothing that can stop us. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? Visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.